0: Coming up tonight on another episode of the Big Footy Podcast, we bring you the latest updates from the Asada situation. We talk about the Herald Suns team club song rankings. West Coast are looking to pick up a baseballer. We discuss the complete lack of tanking this season. And the AFL is incredibly annoyed with the MCC. All that and more, coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another big episode of the Big Footy Podcast. Joining us tonight, I have the legendary messenger. Good evening. Thank you, Wookie.
1: About time you called me legendary.
0: <laughs> and I have the almost as legendary, uh, Fremantle-supporting, uh, uh, Seppo. Good evening.
2: Oh, thank you, Wookie. I'll take that title.
0: <laughs> Seppo, um, you went to... Uh, You went to the International Cup on Sunday, I see.
2: I did. I I did have some time. I was um, dropping a relative off at the airport, and I had time i run well to get back down to Royal Park and watch the uh, Canadian side, the Midnight Suns, um, run up against a a very strong, solid outfit. The the Tongans, they're um, big and tall compared to the Canadians, and um, got to see and meet Renee Tong. It was um, my highlight of the week. Um, It was fantastic and um yeah it's just great to see um these international sides play the game that we all love um and it was um pretty hard conditions actually it was very cold um and i managed to miss the first quarter saw the um bit of the second and third and fourth and as the game went on the skills really just deteriorated to um almost like an under nines um follow around chase the ball It was um it was just great to see and watch i'm glad i could get actually get down there and, and watch the game.
0: I saw the picture of you and uh, Renee. It looked like you were going to eat her. So. Oh, God. <laughs> no,
2: she, she was um a, a lot smaller than what I thought and had to duck right down, so it um, <laughs> was a bit awkward. But, um, no, it was great to meet her and, and, and give her support all from uh, um, everyone at Big Footy. I think it was great to be able to be involved in that thread, the great um, competition winner, and um, watch her captain on her side. and She was... Probably one of the best, if not second best, out in her side for that game on um, Sunday.
0: Alrighty, um, highlights from the weekend, guys. Let's get straight into this. Uh, messenger, what was your highlight?
1: Well, I must admit, I I watched the Geelong. I broke my Brian Taylor standard definition taboo and watched Geelong Fremantle, and, and it was a really good game, very high quality game. Sad that Freo didn't get up because you know they were they they've done everything but um but it's good to see that quality of football this late in the season because you do start to get a lot of dud games at this time of year but
0: yeah and uh, seppo what was your highlight matt
2: well other than watching the international series on the sunday it was actually going down and um putting it right up to geelong and getting within a well a couple of meters of of winning um was a highlight because i got a lot out of that last quarter, and I know that Frio's back, and we didn't get the result, but I'm quite excited of of where we're standing and um, what came out of that game.
0: Fair enough. My highlight uh, doesn't come from the football itself. It comes from the court case over the last three days. uh, uh, It's always nice to see someone arrive on the scene, just out of nowhere, I think, and uh, so my highlight for the week would have been that the performance of Chris Case and his uh, Twitter feed and uh, yesterday, he was posting that there were people sitting. By, by by the time the third day had rolled around, all the journo's that were following him were trying to figure out who he was in the courtroom. And he was tweeting that uh, during the lunch break, they were all sitting around trying to figure out who he was. So I think uh, it's a victory for unbiased reporting, and you don't you don't see too much of that these days. He
1: he did a really good job, and and it was straight down the line, and it was concise, and for people like myself who and not big city lawyers. Uh, it, 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 he at least explained it to me in ways I, I could understand. So I, I think he did a fabulous job, and, and hats off to him. And uh, and uh, pretty soon he'll be, you know, tweeting photos of himself and celebrities, and uh, shopping himself into stuff, and it'll it'll be it'll all go to hell in a handbasket for him. You know, fame will overtake.
0: Excellent. So we're moving into uh, the agenda, guys. On tonight's agenda, first up. We, uh, I just want to briefly talk about uh, the West Coast Eagles are apparently going to pick up a baseballer in the, the draft apparently he played football but uh, he uh, chose to play baseball in the United States instead apparently and is now listing himself as an international athlete so he can be picked up uh, by West Coast uh, Seppo do you know anything about this?
2: Um, well, I only had a brief read that he did. I just thought it was quite odd that they're going for a baseball. I didn't think their size and athleticism is something that the uh, Eagles should be looking at. But it does say that he obviously did have a junior um, career with football. Yes. Um, I think he came from East Perth originally. He played state under 16. So at least he was there at some type of level. Um, but I'm really not sure if he's got the right type of body and shape for AFL now. And what's exactly the West Coast need is, is speed and, and pace through their midfield. Um, he's saying he fits the prototype midfielder at 188 centimetres and 93 kilos, but I just it'd be interesting to hear if she actually did compete uh, in a combine and get some test results on how quick he is over you know, 20 metres or how quick he can do the 3K time trial.
0: Messenger, would you say this is the beginning yeah. of a plan where you could uh, have a, a player go through, say, the TOC Cup and send them overseas for a year to play, you know, basketball or baseball or something and then sneakily get them as an international athlete a year later?
1: Well, I think the rules say that they can't have been involved in any league for three years, I think was what I had read. So I think that's going to be a pretty convoluted way to stash someone. Ultimately these sort of fringe selections, how often do they really pay off? And I don't mind West Coast having a crack at it and he, he might be okay, he might be no good. I mean, uh, the lower reaches of professional baseball uh, are no fun. There's certainly no money in them uh, once you're playing. So he'd obviously sort of got into the rungs of the minors and, and and couldn't get any further. But I don't see this as a as a mainstream recruiting route. Um, but you know, you know, you never know. Some somebody's going to spring up and, and and be a decent athlete out of this. But we we haven't seen uh, too many come through yet. By the way, Seppo, I've just seen that photo of you, Renee, Tong.
0: That's that's um, that's scary, mate. Righty, uh, Messenger. I know we talked about this earlier in the year about uh, tanking and how we were looking forward to uh, teams uh, tanking, but there doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot of evidence of that happening at the moment. It doesn't, does
1: it? It doesn't. They. I mean. We can say that the teams that are losing are genuinely no good at professional football, and we can point at St Kilda and Brisbane, but nobody seems to be uh, resting anybody, and, and nobody seems to be Without- um, nobody seems to be sending people off for early surgery. But I don't know is that a reflection of the draft? Are they looking at a draft pool that they're not keen on, or it's not very deep, or it's very even, and it, it may be, you know.
0: I think it's a combination of that, and I think it's a combination of teams desperately needing to finish on a high note for the year. Mm. Uh, Because clubs like uh, Melbourne and St Kilda, Brisbane, they have to finish, they have to have a decent finish or they're just going to hemorrhage members again next year.
1: Well, you've got a group of fan bases who've watched their teams bounce along the bottom for a long time, and they're probably not going to tolerate another you know another really bad year and they and they need to see improvement. I, I mean you know cyclically maybe we'll we'll see some uh see see it again down the track but i, I don't believe it doesn't happen in, in general and certainly carlton have proved that over the years i, I think don't. the
2: problem lies on the bottom four when you look talking brisbane melbourne gws and saints and even just playing around with a ladder predictor it's actually hard to see who finished bottom you, you can mm. think st kilda wouldn't win a game from here and lock it up because Melbourne played GWS so one of them is going to get a a win out of it soon Um, but really Western Bulldogs Carlton Richmond have all shown optimistic signs for their next season starting to win some late games in the season um, but really don't see those bottom four and like you said it's it's about the membership base and what they can do to campaign for next year it's going to be important for really Brisbane and um, GWS
0: I, I think it's great that you've got so many teams on the bottom with four wins, like, they're, it's so even at the bottom, at the moment, any one of those teams has beaten a decent team on its day yes, uh, GWS beat the Swans in round one uh, Melbourne have probably beaten someone as well, I just don't know who, St Kilda Calvary. beat St Kilda, yeah, well St Kilda beat Fremantle a couple of weeks ago Um, I mean, it's, any team is, you know, you go up Brisbane have beaten teams the Bulldogs have beaten teams. Carlton have beaten teams. Richmond. Right, anyone could beat anyone at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's not so, supposed to be that way. And we've predicted blowouts and other things and come back the next week and go, well, what the hell happened there? Especially the St. Kilda Frio game, Seppo. But. Yep. uh... You know, that's the one that really springs to mind lately.
2: (laughs) The interesting thing, tanking will be interesting when you're talking about the difference between 12th and 13th place because what that means for... You know, Richmond's currently in 12th and Carlton's in 13th. There's a slight advantage to finish in 13th over 12th, not just for draft picks, but falling to that bottom six bracket where you get to play that bottom six extra amount of times in next year's fixture. So there could be different types of tanking featuring towards the end of this year for those sides around that mark.
0: Maybe. Yeah,
2: it's,
1: and and the the fixturing does, that does raise a, a good point because you do see every year, you will see a team bounce into the eight on the back of what would be considered a lighter fixture than some of the teams that perhaps were finished above them the year before. So I, I think that could be... I don't know if you can manage it that craftily, though. I mean, your ability to sort of finish 12th over 13th... I mean, you don't necessarily have all of that in your control by that stage of the year.
0: I think it's hard yeah. enough to a rig a game anyway, but at the moment, it's, it's just... It's even harder to to do so because you just don't know what's going to happen in a game at the moment. And put it this way,
2: Carlton would prefer to play... Carlton would prefer to play re- repeat games against Bulldogs, Lions and Melbourne next year over sides above them, Richmond, West Coast and, say, the Suns. So there is some benefit... But by the
0: by, the same token, they are going to get their guaranteed replays against Collingwood, who are above them, Essendon, who are above them, Richmond, that are above them. So Carlton are one of those teams down the bottom that really their fixture doesn't change a hell of a lot under the new system anyway. So, anyway, um, moving along, and the MCC has angered the AFL by scheduling some soccer games. Uh, In late July next year, apparently Victorian major events are behind it all, and they basically told the MCC to tell the AFL that they weren't going to budge on it, this was how it was going to be, and, you know, stick that in your pipe and smoke it type thing. The AFL is uh, apparently rather annoyed by this, uh, given that they were planning to launch a program next year of improving crowds and fixturing and things like that. And having already lost uh, the start of the season to the Cricket World Cup, they're going to lose uh, apparently two weekends in late July where they won't be able to use the MCG.
2: I don't think it's, I don't think it's the end of the world. When you've got Eddie Had and a game to be played down in, say, Tasmania for a home game for one of North or um, Hawthorne and Geelong, there, there are other options. And it's a shame it's um, two weekends because if it was just one, it could be quite easily worked around the fixture.
0: I think... People are... Like, the forum today is full of... Uh, well, the thread on it, on the, the Big Footy forum, is full of people uh, claiming it's some sort of soccer takeover. Um, or, conversely, it's the MCC treating the AFL like rubbish. Um, I come down on the second half of that equation. I don't think soccer's going to take over any soon. But um, three very big crowds. I, it's, good for the, it's good for soccer in the country. It's good for sport in the city. But... Um, I don't think it's as big a deal as people are cracking it up to be. I do think uh, that the AFL will uh, not be impressed at the fact that they weren't consulted before it was announced. Um, But um, them's the breaks, I suppose.
1: But look, they they will have ways of fixturing around that. Would would it's. I don't know what round of the season it falls in. Would it be one of the... The, the split rounds where they've only got six games being played, I mean is there that possibility in all of this or is it too late in July for it to be that sort of round?
2: It's probably too late in the year. For, yeah. I know it's a late start, we're going into October for the grand final next year but probably doesn't fall yeah. right in
1: that bye weekend. Yeah, I I don't see it as being such a big deal. The AFL can fix around it and look, from the MCC's point of view they can bank three 80,000 plus crowds in eight days, and anybody who's going to turn that money away uh, is insane, frankly.
0: Yeah, no, because... I don't. I don't blame them for taking it. Um, I, I don't. Certainly, they claim that the AFL is underusing the MCG, and to be fair, this year it probably did. Um, I think the annoyance is more that more the way that it was announced to the AFL and where they were basically told that you've got no choice in the matter. There's no consultation, and I think that's the first time they've really done that to the league. Um, yeah, I, the MCC. Do you really in, think
1: they're underusing the MCG though? That doesn't seem, that doesn't make sense well, to they, me.
0: They're contractually obliged to have 45 games a year, uh, 44 games or something. Uh, no, sorry, it's 40 games a year at the MCG, and they are they go above that. So I don't see where the claim of underutilisation is. Um, they are contractually obliged to have two million uh, people go through the gate, including finals. Uh, they generally get around three million. So again, I'm not sure where this claim of underutilisation comes from, but that's apparently what Victorian major events and the MCC believe. And so the AFL was kind of told to get screwed and uh, live with it.
1: Yeah, I I I think it's a storm in a teacup. I mean. A couple of the soccer heads that I work with think it's the greatest thing in in the world, and soccer will take over the world. But you know that that never happens either. But um, oh, look, I don't think it
2: will get to that level. But I think it's just great that you've got sides like Barcelona, Chelsea, Manchester City, and Real Madrid on their way out. And it'd be terrible to have to either have that relocated to Sydney um, yeah. or even have those games played at Etihad, where the just capacity just does not make sense to play such a huge yeah. world scale club. At do, that
0: location, do, I do not begrudge soccer coming down here at all to play um, exhibition
1: games. I think it's yeah, important. No, they play exhibition games.
0: Could not, could not care less about it. To be honest, I'm, I'm not really a huge soccer fan. But you know, um, I, I did watch the Liverpool uh, Melbourne Victory game uh, a while back, and you know, you got ninety five thousand Liverpool supporters at the game. Yeah, there was almost no blue gas to be seen in the stadium. It was. Uh, it was it was quite something, but, um, you know, they fly in, they fly out, they go home, and we all go back to normal. What I have a problem with is people telling us that we should accept it because the AFL is just a blip on the uh, sporting landscape and irrelevant to the rest of the world. That's... Whoa. Which has been suggested several times in the thread on Big Footy today, and I'm just not... I'm not a huge fan of that argument because we're not... Pu- well, yes, it's soccer's big around the world, but it's not huge here at the professional yeah. level and you you've got to deal with that. Well, that's it has never been huge here. And you know, unfortunately for the, uh, for the soccer fraternity, you've got to accept the fact that there are two or three sports in this country that are bigger than what they refer to as the beautiful game. So,
2: and in this case it's only really relevant because they're talking about the size of the clubs coming here if you did pick a lower second grade tier English side you wouldn't have this same thing and it could be relocated to a smaller drawing venue. It's only because these are big clubs and they're expecting
0: Are you saying ninety you say ninety thousand people won't to turn out you say ninety thousand people won't turn out to watch QPR? No. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Barnsley take on AFC <laughs> <for Ordinance>. <laughs> <laughs> Look I I, I think it's I think it's good for sport. I think it'll be a great spectacle. The MCC is well within their rights to do it. I just think the way they've gone about it is perhaps not desirable from the AFL's point of view, and no doubt there'll be some discussions on that in the future. But uh finally, uh on the agenda, the Herald Sun has uh kindly ran a ranking of team club songs. <laughs> And God, uh I read this. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, obviously a slow news a slow news day after the hectic news of the last couple of days, obviously, at the Herald Sun. Uh, sorry, Messenger?
1: Seppo, Seppo,
0: Do you
1: know who was last? <laughs> I don't wish to make comment on this. <laughs> anyway, let's... I'll give you a clue. Give you... you. Freemantle, the fre- the the dirge of the Fremantle <laughs> Fremantle football club theme song.
2: I really can't believe that they put the quote. The best bit is the end. Really? Yeah, yeah but it's
1: not very. I mean, that's not. Is nice. this something that you would sing to yourself?
0: Yeah, he sits, in, he sits in the yeah. car. He sits in the car. With free o yourself... heave oh, <laughs> uh,
1: That's the best bit to me. It's, it's, I actually
2: reckon our song isn't that bad I'll put it at the bottom because I certainly like a lot of other songs but I think it may be 15th or 16th but I really can't think that the West Coast song We're Flying High and Adelaide's Terrible One is actually better than ours I actually like the GF, Gold Coast
0: more than ours I'm not I'm not the um, hugest fan of the Powers one <laughs> to be honest no, but uh no
1: didn't Adelaide's song have the word Camry in it for a long
0: that time? Was a, they didn't have a club song for ages <laughs> but when they did the people never sang it it was like here we go here we go Camry Crows oh, God. Uh, yeah. and act- Brisbane yeah. I can't
2: believe they've actually put Brisbane up at number two Like the, the French National Anthem or whatever it's based on it's, it's actually terrible yeah, it is. I can put that right in the middle of the end I can't understand what it'd be up there I'd say Richmond number one Carlton number two um, and after that you can raffle them off but certainly not Brisbane all the way up there.
0: So anyway, the list goes... Oh, I
1: must admit, I like the Melbourne song. I do like the Melbourne song. You don't hear it very often. I think you, just...
2: <laughs> you don't know, hear it. How does it go again? <laughs> so... Oh, God. Something uh, about red ooh. in
0: there, but that's about it. I, I'm not sure anyone knows how the Melbourne thing is. Every heartbeat's
1: true for the red and the blue. Uh, it does too.
2: You could probably quiz yeah. the players and they'll struggle too.
0: Anyway, yeah, one... so the list, uh, Glenn Rick Farlan has done the rating on this, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, he may or may not have listened to all the club songs. You know, he might just be guessing on some of them. Uh, Where From Tigerland is uh, number one. For some reason, people get hooked on the whole yellow and black bit that they yell in the middle there, good on them.
1: It's pretty good, though, isn't it? It is a it's good song. Good. It is, a good it is song. pretty good.
0: Yeah. And it, it does lend itself to that, that shout in the middle. Uh, the Fitzroy uh, club song, which Brisbane have appropriated, is... Uh, coming in at number two on this. Obviously, uh, Seppo disagrees with that, as he mentioned. Carlton's uh, coming in at number three. For some reason, Gwen McFarlane rates the da-da-da-da-da at the start as uh, the best part. I'm not entirely sure that's true. I do
2: like it. I'll catch myself singing that. I've actually sat at work one day catching myself singing the actual tune, just da-da-da-da-da. It is catchy. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, i surprised surprised you uh don't like that yourself Wookiee.
0: i'm not 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 the hugest fan of that part uh, number four Collingwood's uh theme song. good old Collingwood forever uh the best part of this no. and here's here 's the irony for me the best part of this is oh the premierships a cakewalk now um I have an issue with this part of it because not only I think, <coughs> not only have they finished second so many times that it kind of makes that a lie but um, they're also second on the uh, premiership tally behind Essen and Ann Carlton so not necessarily as big a Kate Wook as they uh, thought and this is a club that was known for its collie wobbles for many years so you know just yes. minor minor, minor, yes. minor nitpicking <laughs> from uh, the Swans uh, cheer cheer the red and the white from uh, at number five uh, Melbourne it's a grand old flag uh, at number six, uh, that not not that it's sung a lot. North Melbourne's join in the chorus. Um, one of my favourites, actually, to be honest. Uh, although I don't, I do don't, like that. Yes. Good old North Melbourne, we're champions. You will agree. Uh, he rates as the best part. I'm not really sure that that's my favourite part of that song either. Geelong's, we are, out are Geelong. We come
1: out, we come, out we come to play. Out we come, out we come, out we come to play. Steppy, <laughs> I
0: like that. Uh Geelong's uh we are Geelong, obviously uh one of Messenger's no. favourite songs, no doubt. No. No. <laughs> it's a... Shocking song. Uh Hawthorne coming in at number nine, so second yet again to uh Geelong. Um <laughs> <laughs> The Mighty Fighting Hawks. Also, uh little known fact this is the uh theme song for the Hackham Hawks that I played for for a number of years and so I'd just sing this occasionally. Uh not 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 all that happy. So, best part, one for all and all for one, because they're the bloody musketeers, apparently. Uh, Number 10, Greater Western Sydney. So there's a big, big sound. Uh, Apparently, they're the biggest and the best. Uh, Possibly not true yet, but maybe in the future. Number 11, Adelaide.
2: I do like um, Greater Western Sydney, and I'd actually bump that up a couple of places. I don't think that deserves to be at number 10.
0: Number 11, Adelaide's the Pride of South Australia, the first of the uh, non-traditional clubs uh, to get in there. Yeah. Well, after GWS, but uh, the Pride of South Australia, perhaps reflecting uh, GWS's position, also probably reflecting that they chose a traditional type of song. They didn't write like their own thing. But, uh, yeah, the Pride of South Australia... Coming in, the first of the new boys. Western, uh, the Western Bulldogs, Sons of the West, coming in at number 12. Um, pro- probably lower than I'd like it, to be honest. and C, the Bombers fly yeah. up. Uh, oh, coming, in at number th- coming in at number 13. Uh, West Coast, we're flying high, coming in at number 14. I think that is definitely overrated, Seppo. Um, Definitely,
2: they should be right down a
0: couple more. St Kilda's when the Saints go marching in, way too low at number fifteen, in my opinion. It's a a very classic uh, classic tune. Port Adelaide's power to win at number sixteen is probably where it belongs. Gold Coast, where the sons of the Gold Coast Sky, I think probably, probably lower than I'd I'd expect it to be at number 17. 25. <laughs> <laughs> Freeman
2: Should just come up with his own theme tune? Should they be singing that <laughs> That's
0: instead? A... Fre- much. Actually, his dad was involved in a fight with, um... Uh, a certain well-known ex- p- former player agent, apparently in an alley on the weekend. So... Good Who su- would have thought those
1: two living together would end badly?
0: Good stuff there. or uh, bringing up the rear there. Freo, way to go. Um... And uh, Seppo, you've got to admit, it's a pretty bad song.
2: It's not that bad. I actually thought they had it better <laughs> um, before they reworked it, like the drums at the start. And... I just, uh, who knows? Uh...
0: All I can remember is uh, when they first started with it, and it was just basically the Frio Hevo thing, and some guy pulling an anchor across the ground like he was like in, in an old-timey slave movie.
1: You know why? Cuz it was warfy time,
0: rookie. It was warfy time. <laughs> Maybe Chris Corrigan had something to do with it. Yes. Anyway, on to the pre oh well, reviews for the weekend and uh, uh turn your hymnals to the AFL website, gentlemen. <laughs> and...
1: oh, I'm just looking at the agenda you gave me, research assistant. Yes. That's,
0: that's, All right. I can't I can't do everything for you. Um, where are we? Richmond v Essendon on Friday night, Uh, a big game, the Tigers getting up in a game that they had to win to keep their faint finals hopes alive, and the Tigers did get up indeed winning this game by 18 points. Gentlemen, how did we see Friday night?
2: This was an unexpected result for me, I actually tuned in, tipped the Bombers expecting them to win a close one. And as the game sort of ebbed and flowed in the first few halves, I'm like, oh, good, Richmond putting up a fight, Essendon will take away, but I was quite impressed the way that Richmond actually played and fought, and I don't know if this is a toll on Essendon, that things in the background are uh, making them tail off from their good run of form, but um, I was quite surprised at the result that um, Richmond got up, and who knows that they're trying to keep their fans all optimistic there's a chance of finals they're um, working wonders for them, but yeah, I certainly didn't see the result coming to this this margin.
1: I, I must admit, it, it it makes me wonder what what the mentality is at Richmond that they they get into these positions when when all is lost because they really are now going to be just as we say shaping the eight. Um It's it's I mean it was a, a mediocre game between two middle middling teams and. Uh, I don't know that it uh, says very much about Richmond, but um, Essendon, they're, they're, they're fairly young. They've got a few injuries, and I believe Carlisle's out now, but, you yeah, know, I wasn't, I wasn't that thrilled with the game.
0: Saturday afternoon, GWS played North Melbourne at uh, Spotless State... Oh, sorry, in Canberra, I believe. And, uh, well, not really unexpected, but North... Doing it, uh, doing it well in the end, uh, winning this game by seventy-five points, nineteen twelve to seven nine. Uh, this so- was
1: this. The thing that struck
0: me about this game,
1: I, I watched a tiny little bit of it, but but North Melbourne were seven points up at half time and kicked eight three to one point in the third quarter. And, and to that, to me, that's the distressing thing about GWS is they're doing what the Bulldogs were probably doing a couple of years ago, where they're competitive and then they completely collapse. They don't just fall away slowly; like it all just goes to hell in a handbasket very, very quickly. And I think that's a sign of mental fatigue. I was going to say
0: I think that might just be fatigue. They've they've won more games than they yeah. won last year. They've mm-hmm. uh, they've run a, a fairly good race this year, and they might just be starting to wear out. Well, you'll no, you'll probably see that and...
2: footprint of a game where they're competitive for the first half happened a couple, mm. well, for the last two or three games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Saturday afternoon as well, Carlton played the Gold Coast Football Club at Etihad Stadium. Uh, The Blues getting up over this one in a a fairly decent win. Um, Jared Waite, again, kicking some goals and doing some things. It was a fairly reasonable result for mine. Um, You know, Gold Coast needed to win this to keep in the finals. Carlton doing their job of shaping the eight. Yes. as, uh, as, as uh, we've taken to referring to it. But it's uh, good signs for the Blues, but too little too late for mine. Um, I have been very critical of the Blues all year, and this is the kind of performance that they should have been doing all year round. But nah. Interesting, <sighs> nah. uh, no. Interesting, no a light than Wayne Carey rating Jared Waite the best forward in the league based on the last three weeks. I'll oh, so, stop. Oh, no, stop. Dead, dead.
1: He is high. He must be high. Well, he's
0: talking about Jared White. Dermot, you know, Dermot Bro- uh Sorry, Wayne Carey does know a thing or two about forwards being, you know, rated one of the best of all time. Anyway, <laughs> I am biased, was... of course. You are biased. He, Hawthorne, had, Hawthorne had Melbourne Saturday evening. Uh, this was uh, yep. something of a beating in the end. Hawthorne beating Melbourne by 50 points in the end.
1: It's the sort of game that there's no upside for for Hawthorne. You're expected to win. Um, and, you expect and to so what well we well. really try and do is escape without injuries and suspensions and unfortunately we only manage one of those two and Jared Ruffhead had a little bit of a brain fade and probably deservedly got a week for that very minor trip. Um, Melbourne, look I, if I was a Melbourne fan I wouldn't have been disappointed about the way they went about that. they They can now stop teams doing things but they can't get their own ball and really create for themselves. And then they still have that sort of creative uh, uh, gap in their game that is the signature of a Paul Ruse team, I think. But, um, yeah, look, I think the result was uh, was was about right for the day. Hawthorne tent sort of slacked off a bit at the end and it got a bit bit scrappy. But, by the way, I've never been colder at the football. It was absolutely bloody arctic and i Got on well after that, so 4:40
0: <laughs> can really go and get well and truly AFL. It, it is well, an, true. It, it is an odd time. It's a,
1: it is a toilet of a time zone. Time fresh unfortunately,
0: fresh. that's the time zone that's not going to go anywhere because it is guaranteed under the contract, I believe, as the Telstra exclusive game. Uh, oh, really? So, yes, it's it is the one time slot that won't be going anywhere next year,
1: even for
0: Sunday. Uh, no, Sunday will. Sunday's not uh, not guaranteed, under the contract. It's the Saturday afternoon. It's a Saturday twilight game, that is. Seppo, Port played Sydney on Saturday night. Uh, this game uh, was rated fairly highly. Been playing at Adelaide Oval. Uh, the Swans ended up running out winners of this in the end, 12-12 uh, to 7-16. Port may well have kicked themselves out of this game.
2: Well, I uh, I have no comment on this because as this game was happening, I was down at uh, Simmons Stadium waiting for Frio to be playing Geelong. So unfortunately, uh, I, I can't guess. make comment on the Port Sydney
1: game. I watched a bit of it. Yes. Um, looked at, yeah. I think your, your assessment's right. They did kick themselves out of it early, and Sydney did it, Sydney did a very sort of you know. Paint by numbers performance. They didn't look particularly troubled, and they never really looked like losing it. But by the time Port got it together, it was too late. And uh, and look, they'll be very, very good next year, Port Adelaide. I I'd be surprised if uh, they didn't improve on this. They'll have learned a hell of a lot from uh, their slippage this season. But um, so, something
0: yeah, similar, they... to, something similar to Gold Coast, perhaps they've just run out of puff at the end of the year.
1: Oh, I think. They, they play a very sort of... They, their game style, they, they take a lot of chances. Yeah. And so when it works, it looks beautiful. But when it doesn't work or they're a little bit off or, or, the, or the decision-making isn't quite right, it, it comes back to them in spades. And I think we've probably seen that a bit from Port Adelaide. I reckon they'll probably tighten things up a bit, um, particularly across half-back next, um, next uh, season. But... Um, they're well coached, they've got a very good list I think they'll be be okay but I don't think top four I think top four is probably locked in now. I I think they had to win that didn't
0: they? Yeah I know, absolutely had to win it and it is a shame that they've dropped off a bit in the last couple of weeks Yeah. Seppo, uh, as you quite rightly pointed out, Geelong played Fremantle on Saturday night this game was at Simmons Stadium Um, unfortunately for you, Geelong appear to have won this game but again, like uh, Port, I think Freeman might have kicked themselves out of this one a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, it was. It was the um, the first quarter that absolutely killed us. We um, These Geelong free games are always a well hard contested battle and it was fantastic. We had two or three well, probably about three or four even gettable shots from your know, kicks from 30 metres out that you expect us to drill, but we just, I think we kicked one four or something like that in the first quarter really let um, Geelong off the hook and didn't get some scoreboard pressure on but um, it wasn't until the last quarter where it was all too late and um, yeah that kick after the siren from Monday was brilliant that the fact that he got it nearly at post height, kicking from 50 out um, just a bit short to the the right hand side of the post but the thing that frustrated me out of this game was the umpiring in that first half um, and I think even the umpires Hayden Kennedy or something's come out and admitted that there was a couple of free kicks that maybe um should have gone our way um free or shouldn't have been paid towards geelong and, and nothing worse than um stevie johnson staging going up to our young cam Suckliff and doing a little body check and then falling over which paid them a free kick and got them a goal so it's i don't mind those ones that have no impact on the game but when you get ones like that that the opposition score from it um yeah it frustrates you and i hate going over and watching replays of it but um yeah, we'll, we'll move on. I'll, I'll take that effort over the, um, the result from that game.
1: Yep. And, uh, and I think we should note that Steve Johnson kicked someone in the head and basically had his hair rustled and said, you are a rascal, off you go.
0: Yeah, so it's not a good look. Yeah. Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think this game was a surprising result for me, at least. I thought this was a game that Brisbane could have won if they'd put their minds to it, but they uh, were flogged instead. Adelaide 25 18 168 beat Brisbane Lions 9 sixty three 9, 63. 105 point win to Adelaide, uh, making their late run at the final eight. Messenger.
1: Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. And, and again, Brisbane were in this at half time. And then again, uh, Adelaide ran over the top of them. Adelaide haven't beaten too many. Good teams. I think Collingwood. They've beaten Collingwood. Who else have they beaten? So it sort of marks them out as a team that's not really going to trouble anybody in September if they make it. But um, yeah, I think Brisbane will still be happy enough with with what they've done this season. They've shown some promise and they've and they've put put a, a few young kids front and centre. So yeah, yep. One of these late season blowouts you get.
0: Mm. In the dreaded twilight slots, St Kilda on Sunday played the Western Bulldogs. The Bulldogs, I don't think really surprising anyone by winning this game uh, by 23 points. Uh, it could have been more. They kicked 18 14, the Bulldogs. So, I don't think too many surprises there, guys.
1: No.
2: At least Saints put up a bit of a fight. They haven't been wiped off the park, I think, in, in too many of their recent performances. So they're doing it for Lenny, um, but, yeah, just, it just shows that the Bulldogs are slowly improving and getting the results that they're expected to win. Mm. So um, they'll probably continue on this way for the last two games. They're looking a bit better doing all this without a decent forward.
0: Final game. I'm,
1: I'm surprised they actually managed to get the marketing thing right with Lenny Hayes, given that the hashtag was lose for Lenny. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they managed it, and, but it was a respectful loss
0: it's, i i I'm a little concerned by the focus on the individual in the last couple of rounds, but I suppose at the end of this season you're kind of trying to pull whatever positives you can.
1: well what else have they got no. i mean and and we're talking as a football club, what else have they got they've got individuals and and this is the same sort of thing you go back to Geelong in the eighties. It was a collection of individuals who happened to wear the same football jumper. But you, and, you, and you, that's you, a cultural thing. That's cultural, completely cultural.
0: I don't think you'd ever see any uh, another club do that kind of thing, though. Like you, you'd never see Hawthorne have a you know, hot for hodgy.
1: No, like four weeks no, no, or it would never happen. Or you know, go
0: for goods at the Swans or you know, or, joust or, for Juddy. <laughs> I got on.
1: Or clap for Cade
0: Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) Moon for Monday. You know, just, you'd never see it. It, Moon for Monday would be funny, though. Well, (laughs) you'll get that that at Geelong one day, maybe. Um, Final game for the round, West Coast and Collingwood. I think this, uh, I don't think the win was that surprising, given Collingwood's recent form. I think the amount of uh, just how much they lost by was uh, a 10-goal loss here. I think that might have been a little bit of a surprise
2: yeah it is surprised me I, I didn't really rate West Coast that much and I tipped Collingwood thinking they might get up I didn't actually think two things that West Coast could actually do this and are uh, Collingwood actually this bad and I do like to see it I, nothing pleases me more than seeing a side like Collingwood fail but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough watching our cross time round rivals get up and Provide them some glimmer and hope because they're you know sitting eleventh now and they're not too far. They've actually got a decent percentage now. The Eagles they're um, sitting around one hundred and eleven point um, eight percent, so it's actually pretty healthy when you're talking about all those teams in that middle window.
0: That that that, oh. that, that space between seventh and eleventh, or seventh and tenth, is really open. And even eleventh and twelfth could still theoretically make. Well, could still make the finals and be a realistic chance. I mean, there's not much in it. And if, yeah. if oh. If we do, all t- those teams
1: lost. All those that clutch of teams around the eight all lost.
0: Like except for well, Adelaide who was seventh they won, I suppose. But yeah, oh, sorry Adelaide did yeah, well yeah, yeah. And Richmond did win, and there there there's still a chance. So, but no. the teams that had to win, uh, Gold Coast, Collingwood, Essendon, uh, Richmond. They you know, well, Richmond won, but Gold Coast, Collingwood, and Essendon they're the ones that are watching West Coast and Richmond come up behind them at the moment, and You've got to say that you know there's still a chance. Me, I mm. still hope Richmond finish ninth. It's just oh, it, absolutely. Oh, it's, it's it's just the rule. It, it's how it's, it is, and I think there's a collective set of laughter that goes around the league every time it happens. But
1: it both it both demonstrates that the universe has purpose, and <laughs> and it's frightfully funny. It's frightfully funny
0: it, when it they it finish is. ninth. It is going to the ladder at the end of round twenty, and Hawthorne's still on top. Messenger, uh, yes, the Swans. And Geelong also equal top. I, don't, I can't remember a time where the top three sides have been so even and separated only by percentage. Um, it, it, It's been a while. Mm. I, I can't recall it happening for some time. Fremantle coming in fourth, uh, two games behind the top three. Uh, and they've got Hawthorne this week, so I'm, I'm not really sure they're going to catch them. Uh, Port Adelaide coming fifth and dropping fast at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, and I think they're going to drop even further as, as as we go on. North Melbourne coming in sixth uh, with 11 wins. They're four games behind the top, uh, the top three and two games out of the top four, so I don't think much is going to change there. Adelaide uh, moving into seventh spot, uh, but they are on equal uh, terms with Essendon, Collingwood and the Gold Coast. Again, I can't remember a time where four teams in that middle bracket have... Uh, been on level terms at this time of the year. And they all... uh, There's some fascinating games there. Adelaide have got Richmond, Essendon have got West Coast, and Gold Coast have got Port uh, all coming up this week. West Coast have got Essendon, and Richmond have got Adelaide. So they've all got the chance to move ahead of each other this week. So uh, Mm. we'll be watching that with uh, interest, I guess. Um, Just outside the eight, uh, well just outside the 8 you've got uh, West Coast and Richmond both on uh, both a game out of uh, behind behind the guys who make up the 7 to 10 block and still a chance at the finals at the rate that they're going uh, I have done the sums people and Carlton are no longer a mathematical chance of making the finals
1: So say it ain't so Joe it's it's,
0: it's it's not possible. I've done the maths. I've put I've put it through the ladder predictor in every combination I can think of and it just it can't happen. Uh the Bulldogs also uh they've uh they've had a reasonable season by their standards but um they also won't make the finals. And of course behind them Brisbane um probably reasonably okay with how their season uh has ended. But uh, they are in 15th. And the bottom three teams, of course, all on four wins apiece. Melbourne, GWS and St Kilda. So
2: I think Saints might end up getting the spoon. I, I can't see them winning another game from here on end. No. And GWS and Melbourne, like I said earlier, will play each other. So one of them will get up and it probably just leaves Saints to really pick up the spoon, which I think I predicted at the start of the year. So I'm glad that one thing's got right because I certainly didn't predict uh, many of the other ladder positions for a lot of these sides.
0: Race for the Coleman has got interesting. Jad Roughhead won't be playing this week, and he's leading by three goals at the moment. Jay, Jay Schultz, uh, only two goals behind him for Port Adelaide. Uh, Lance Franklin, uh, messenger, you'll be glad to know, is also just behind. Uh, and Tom Hawkins at the Cats having a reasonable year. I think we're going to see a very sub... 100 goal kicker for the season. When the well, Coleman, I... it looks like it's going to be at about 70 goals for the year, which will be about the lowest uh, since the early 90s, I reckon. Well, uh, the the one, how many guys have had kick
1: 100 in the last decade? One bloke has kicked 100 in the last decade.
0: Yeah, and that and that same year Fev kicked 99. I think so. <laughs> it was, That's um, right. 2009, but, but... I think.
1: Yeah, but you talk about, like, with Hawthorne, I mean, rufford has got 55, but Bruce's got 50, and Carlson's got 44.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, you, you go back. But, but my point is that when you... Previously, you had a smaller spread and you had one guy who, who carried more of the load. Now, teams are spreading these things out, and it's actually a performance indicator of how many people could actually kick goals.
0: Yeah, that's, tr- that's true. Uh, I'm just trying to... Jared Waff- Roughhead won uh, the Common last year was 68. Mm. Uh, Jack Rewalt won in 2012 with 65. Uh, yeah, Lance Franklin, uh, last person to kick 100, 102 in 2008. So, it mm. hasn't been... Uh, I'm just trying to find what the lowest is, and I reckon... I, the last I can find is 54 goals for the season kicked by Carlton's Tom Carroll in 1961. So, <laughs> you know, it's a real shame. We'll
2: probably never, ever see someone score 100 goals again. The way they're doing equalisation, the way that there's no more, you know, focus on, you know, one key forward.
0: Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's also... We'll never
2: see it again. It's a real shame we've taken away a pitch invasion per year.
0: I don't think it's that as well, so much as uh, I think okay. our goal, our, our forwards are just... They're not the same calibre. Um, I, I know um, I know Lance Franklin's rated highly, and yes, I think a big part of that is 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 what you've talked about, but I think a big part of it as well is they're woefully inaccurate in front of goals.
1: Well, that hasn't improved over time, but I, I would say that coaches are more tactically adept. They set their back lines up much better. You don't have... Those one-on-one battles where Silvani and Lockett would stand there in the mud at Morabin in the goal square on their own, and and Sylvani would be considered to have done a good job if you kept Lockett to eight. Like they rotate around, they get double team. They, you know, they they have they the midfields defend much better than they used to. That's they, true. Defense is a defense is a. a 15
0: 16 man game now, but I, I think flooding played a like the, the way they flood and zone defense and all that that's all played a part of how uh, the, the the forwards have to deal with things that they never had to as well. It's, yeah. um, I'm not, I'm not sure the game is better off for it. I think, uh, we used to go for these thrills of seeing like, the, the reason there's a reason Lance Franklin is so popular, um. And, and, and because he's a dynamic forward and he does kick goals and people want to go to the footy and see that. And we just... They, they,
1: they do, but he can also do two or three things. He might only kick five goals, but he can do two or three things that will just take your breath away.
0: I, I and that's the... what you go
1: for. You don't go to say, hey, look, he kicked seven, that was great. Like, I'll, I would have taken any week kicking three if they were spectacular. Yes,
0: yes and no, but I think... Well, Growing up, when you, you you saw on the news because it wasn't live, you only had like two games a week that were live, and that you, you'd be listening to the radio while some commentator was doing his nut because you know, uh down at down at the NCG, Salmon was kicking ten at one end and Adlett was kicking fourteen at the other. It uh, these the, these were the exciting moments of my childhood, and I think um, I think we've lost a little bit of that in the in in the search for. Uh, professional football?
1: Well, you know, you, you you make things professional and people have got more time to think about things tactically. They're better athletes. I'm just saying, um, I'm just saying
0: in my they, opinion, I don't think it's made the game better. Well,
1: I mean, it's, it, it might have made the game different, but, but sometimes you get what you wish for in, 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 in what these you things. Wish and when you're more professional, all of a sudden they can cover more ground and and uh, and they can, you know, they can all get in 30. They can have 35 guys inside forward 50, and and all run down the other end and it'd be okay. I mean, they couldn't do that 25 years ago.
0: Fair call, cool, fair call. Cool. Guys, who are your tips for the Brownlow this year? Oh God. I'd say Nathan
2: Fife. Oh, wait, sorry. Yeah, nah.
0: um, I mean... <laughs> no five for you. Oh, that's right. He hit a guy in the head <laughs>
1: early in the season. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. And
2: yeah. a head clash that was later thrown out next week with insufficient force for, you know, Lance Franklin or oh, whoever, wearing a red and white jumper. No, I reckon <laughs> no, Selwood's is... chance. I'll, I'll give it to Selwood this year.
1: You Do you think... this is He got he got rubbed up very early. Do you think umpires actually say, you know what, I'm not giving him votes because I know he's ineligible?
0: I don't think so. I think, it's, uh, I think he'll still get votes, but... Um, it whether he should or not, once he's been rubbed out, is another story.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fairly even Brownlow. I'd be interested to see how close Ablett can get with the 15 games he played or whatever he played. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any really big standouts on that. Selwood, Selwood's probably as good a shot as anybody. And there might be uh, one of the Port boys from early in the season might not catch fire as well
0: I think I think Fife will probably win it but be ineligible and it'll go to Ablett in the end I don't see any other standout that'll take it this year mm. but you know and then we'll have to put up with whinging from Frio people forever about it until you know one day in 2050 the AFL decides to uh, you know retrospectively grant everyone that want, you know guys like Corey McKernan and that you know they're uh, they'll get their medals in 2050 retrospectively yeah. And on that day, it will be sad. And Charles Brown will Grant. roll over in his... Chris... Yeah, Chris Grant. Yes. Yeah, Michael, kill us if we don't bring up Chris Grant. All right, on to the round 21 previews and Messenger. I know you love uh, Carlton playing on Friday nights, and so for this Friday night will thrill oh. you as uh, Lord, Carlton. Lord, what have I done? What
1: Carl... have I done to deserve <laughs> this? this is... Why? Why do we have to watch Carlton on a Friday night all the time?
0: Oh, wow. It's what the it's public demand. I'm afraid Carlton want Geelong on Friday night at Etihad Stadium. Last time these two teams, Robbie Warnock uh, cost us the game, uh, as well as some dodgy umpiring. Guys, Robbie Warnock still an AFL player? (laughs) He's he's holding a a, light somewhere over an intersection, so it's not the same.
1: Look, I think they're, they're talking up Carlton. they're all it's going to be close. Oh, they look good, Carlton, and they're building something. So Geelong is going to absolutely
0: cane them. <laughs> I think in our role of shaping the eight, um, we're, we're going to knock Geelong down a peg. So my prediction, yeah. and I, I, it's been, they've been playing, they have been, look, whether you're a Carlton or not, it's... they have been playing some decent footy. Um, yes. I think, and these games have been close lately. So I think... Uh, I, th- I think they're a shot. I think they can win this. Whether they do or not might be another story. Saturday afternoon, Sydney have got St Kilda at the SCG. Oh, uh,
2: no. Oh under no. A, <laughs> Avert your eyes game. <laughs> so avert your ad- eyes Adults
1: game. only. Yeah, we were talking about the Coleman.
0: Yeah, Lance yeah. Franklin
1: versus the St Kilda backline. Uh, yeah. Do
0: so I, I have a backline? There, there might be some issues here.
1: <laughs> I have some guys that stand away from their own goals and look helpless.
2: This, you he, get he guys is. Like Fisher and Gilbert and Gwilt trying to chase Buddy, this could be funny.
0: Fred Fanning's oh, record mate. might be under threat here. Yes. Uh, Saturday afternoon at Metricon Stadium, the Gold Coast Suns have Port Adelaide. Which of these two teams will arrest their current slide? Port. Yeah. Cripple fight. Cripple fight. Cripple fight, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Speaking of cripple fights, Essendon have got West Coast. On Saturday afternoon at Eddie Had Stadium, West Coast coming off a big win, Essendon coming off a small loss. At Eddie Had, you'd have to go for Essendon on this, wouldn't you?
2: I'm worried about their out.
3: Jay Carlisle's out, oh. so that could uh, that could pose uh, some interesting. And we haven't brought another genuine uh, tall forward in. We've left Bell Chambers in reserves. We've brought back Ambrose, who's more of a third tall, who's not a really prolific goal kicker. And up the other end, you got West Coast, who. Um, in late season games against Essendon in recent years, seem to find a peg and uh, like to kick big scores and are in a bit of form, so it'll be interesting. Mm. Although uh, Joe Watson uh, and Michael Hibbert are back, so well,
1: be... I was going to say that Jay Watson is the best midfielder in this game by a margin too great to calculate. And by the way, I've been watching him in the training things. That bloke is built like an outhouse. He's a,
3: he's massive. So did you say oh, his, his thighs are absolutely massive?
0: Did you say oh, better God. than? anyone else by a fair margin as a midfielder. I'd say Dyson
3: Heppel would have something to say about that. Who? Who would say say something about that? Who? You're shitting me. What? What's he talking... I'm sorry, no, I can't hear you. You you broke up, man. Oh, oh. Dyson Heppel.
0: Really? No. I I was like, might have had a thing or two to say about it, to be honest, but...
3: I'll tell you what. Dyson Heppel's last 10 weeks... Uh, only Joe Watson's 2012 Brownlow form eclipses what uh, Heppels produced.
1: We're talking strictly Essendon here, aren't we?
3: Yeah, but I mean, what's West Coast got? Matt Priddis, and then what? Yeah, well, that's Matt, Matt Priddis isn't a
0: bad start. No, well, no, Matt, is Matt Priddis isn't
3: a bad start, but I mean, there's, it's not like there's an Ablett, Pendlebury, or Fire from the other team. If you know what I mean. I
0: think, I, uh, yeah, I think Ablett might have something to say about your uh, Joe Watson assertion, but. Uh...
1: Credis can get the ball, but he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. I'm sorry, it's no, no. And per- I, yeah, I'm yet to be convinced. I
0: want to see Heppel do that for a whole year, then I'll be convinced. And and personally, I think Chris Judd's better, but you know, better a, at what? Some
1: promotion and taking money under the table. <laughs> sorry, did I, I say <laughs> so bad. that there? Oh God, think,
0: Judd. Yeah. yeah. Mo- mo- moving along, and uh, Colin would have got the to. Yeah, principal- <laughs> Collingwood yeah. have got the Brisbane Lions at the MCG on Saturday night. Uh, you'd expect Collingwood <laughs> to win this, but who knows? These those wouldn't it be
1: funny? Wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> well,
0: wouldn't it be funny? Dare to dream. How is it? yeah. Dare to
1: dream.
0: Incidentally, that uh, Essendon West Coast game that will uh, be one of those deciding games that uh, for the eight given that uh, Essen and West Coast are on the same number of points and sit in that block of teams between 7th
3: and 10th. oh Essendon's a win ahead.
0: And Collingwood are in oh. there as well, so... By
1: the way, I'll take Essendon. I, I, I'm not sure West Coast have travelled very well this
0: year. Mm. Uh, you'd expect Collingwood to beat Brisbane, but again... Oh, which, where's who... Jared
3: Brennan when you need him? <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: Uh, Is the he, other... s- does he still in the Gold Coast list, just out of interest? Uh, no,
0: Jared Brennan? No, he retired. No. Go. Gold uh sorry, Adelaide have got Richmond on Saturday night. Another game Whoa. which uh shapes up that seventh to tenth or oh, seventh to twelfth uh scenario. Richmond win this and they're right back in, uh, well they're already in the running, but uh, this puts them right up there and in fact uh, they'll be level with Adelaide if they win this. And it brings uh, Adelaide it's down it's to the, the pack. Yeah. This ga- games at Adelaide Oval, so uh you expect fifty thousand to this game. Well
3: it's Look, if Richmond get this, they will they'll be seven in a row for them, and they'll come up against St Kilda next week, which you'd assume they'd win by uh, infinity plus one. Admittedly, they'll have Sydney in the last round, but if they're going in with that with eight wins uh, notched up and the possibility of making the eight in their final game, I reckon they're half a shot. Yep. So if we say
1: the narrative should be this, they should beat Adelaide, right? They should flog St Kilda to within an inch of their lives and then... Be crushingly and 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 cruelly beaten by Sydney on the final day of the season <laughs> to finish ninth is that is that the narrative we want?
0: I think that's how it's going to go. But honestly, the Richmond will win this game. You've got to look at this and think this is the game that both these sides have to win. Adelaide need to cement their spot in the eight, and Richmond need that they have to win this game. Like this, I is... think
3: more or less with uh, Essendon, West Coast, and Richmond and Adelaide, I think. Specifically, the Adelaide Richmond game—the losers pretty much done for two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Essendon West Coast game—West Coast are done if they don't win. Essendon's pretty much there to be knocked out should they uh, they lose. But well, I mean, um, it's it's really some season-defining games, and then you got the Gold Coast and Port as well, which um, could very well open Port up to sixth position and North Melbourne to overtake them, hmm. which I mean would be huge because eighth position doesn't look exactly threatening
0: this year no no. Sunday afternoon North Melbourne have got the Western Bulldogs um, in a game that could go either way to be honest given North's inconsistent form and the Bulldogs have played pretty well in recent weeks no mm. um, I'm
3: not that North. convinced
0: but I think North no. uh, mm. a lot I, th- I think the Bulldogs will uh, continue in their role of shaping the eight as befits the side eight shapers eight That's shapers the- the eight shapers, there, as befits uh, teams like Carlton and the Bulldogs,
3: who said they were irrelevant. That's that's right. That's right.
0: And and they, you know and the, these teams there are playing their role this year. They are they are going to help shape the eight in weeks to come. Sunday so afternoon,
2: you need him for a big pump up of the Bulldogs. Oh, I think they're capable of beating North.
0: I think they are. Yeah. They are, but they won't. But depends you know, what North shows up. Let's be honest. Depends if the roof's open or not. at Eddie Head. had. Uh, so, Sunday afternoon Melbourne have got GWS at the MCG in a game that I honestly will be surprised if anyone watches
1: uh, okay now i tell you what Melbourne I can't what was the crowd for the Hawthorne Melbourne game I missed, I missed
0: uh, it, it, it was what the 30, crowd was 30 odd it
1: wasn't. was half for
2: this
0: well <laughs> i tell you what this is going to set the lowest record crowd for Melbourne for the
1: year 90% of that Hawthorne Melbourne crowd were Hawthorne supporters 90% without a word of a lie I would say the over/under. let say what did Hawthorne, Melbourne get? They got. Oh, come on, AFL site! Don't fail me now. <laughs> sh- Thirty-seven thousand, right? Oh, so ninety percent. I say the over/under on this. The over/under on this game is twenty-two thousand. This
2: this game. Under this game going is under. <laughs> under this... and I'm going under.
0: This game is the national broadcast selection game for uh, Channel Seven on serves Sunday. Serves them right. It
1: serves them right
0: <laughs> for
1: serving up that standard definition crap. Or you... I hope Basil Zemplis has to call
0: it. And so Fremantle Hawthorne will be on uh... <laughs> the last game of the season. And And it's a Fox game. We'll probably attract a record crowd to Fox, given the other two games that are on that afternoon. Uh, Frio Hawthorne, the big game of the round. Definitely match of the round, you'd suspect. Uh, It's first versus fourth. Uh, Frio are looking to cement their spot in the top four. A loss um, puts them at the mercy of others if Port win. But um, this game, being in West Australia, being in Perth, being at a decent time in Perth, you might add, Uh, Messenger and Seppo
2: Well I'm quite surprised we've gone in in such a not short price favourites but we're $1.65 to Hawks $2.25 and I suppose the fact that it's home and we showed a bit against the end of um, Geelong while Hawks probably just put in cruise control and didn't expect them to get um, both Lake and is it Gunston you've got coming back into the side and unfortunately it's only squads at the moment and the team's probably due to fly out tomorrow for Hawks Um, but I'm quite interested to see how both these sides actually get named in the end because it could determine how well this game goes
1: My my, Hawthorne do have an unfortunate history of naming players that aren't going to play Um, Jack Gunston was diagnosed with a medial ligament strain two weeks ago, he's missed one game, I would be it would not surprise me in the least if he didn't even get on the aeroplane tomorrow not in the least um, they've picked Tim O'Brien who's a, a tall marking forward um, and he would play if Gunston doesn't, he's going to be a good footballer, I think it's a little early for him at the moment uh, Lake will play for sure uh, look, it's a good squad but if if Gunston doesn't play and obviously Roughhead's suspended they, they, it, kicking goals is going to be the issue Ryan Showmakers is terribly out of form um and then you're really relying on Bruce and Hale and, and the midfield to, to keep the goal. So Fremantle are probably deserved favourites for it, but um, I, I would never say that Hawthorne couldn't win a football
0: match. Okay. That brings us to our, uh, well, that brings us to the end of our review uh, preview section. And so we're going to say goodbye to Seppo.
2: No worries there, guys. Thanks, Thanks for coming on this
0: week. And, uh, goodbye, Seppo. Seppo. We've repli- Seppo, we've replaced a, Seppo with a, the a, artist formerly known as Prosecutor, and uh, now calling himself Og Cat.
3: God, for, for uh, some like for Seppo some Rob reason. Paul, 69R, but...
0: um, and I know, but and so what? What we've got you here, Prosecutor. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that happened today in the ongoing saga of the Essendon and. Uh, Asada uh, issue. Paul Little, this morning, after spending three days having his lawyers complain about government interference in the Asada investigation, appears to have requested government interference in the uh, Asada investigation. What do you make of it?
3: Well, I mean, it's not the smartest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's up there with his recent effort of releasing a statement saying he expects no show calls notices on the very day that show calls <laughs> notices get issued. Yeah. Uh, I mean for God's sake, what do you you spent three days and how uh, let's put a figure out there how many six figures are we we expecting about two hundred thousand maybe on legal fees
0: Oh, y- y- two
3: from from the last three days not and that doesn't include all the prep <coughs> so I mean for god's sake to go spend all that time getting on your moral high horse about how um there's been government interference, it's been an illegal investigation, then to come out and, I mean, it was a sleep of the tongue, he, to come out and say that, oh, you know, we're going to go to the sports minister and we're just going to give him a little nudge and say, hey, mate, can you help us out? I mean, it's just stupid. <laughs> and and it's, not, it's not his first media gaffe. So it's not like you can put this off as a once-off. And to then release a statement later on saying, you know, this is what I really meant, it's just amateur hour, really. <laughs> At the same time, I just want to clarify, I'm not against him actually trying to do that with the Sports Minister. I am just I just can't believe the stupidity of the man to say that in public, though. That's the one thing that irks me with this. I don't care if he goes, I'd I'd be ashamed if he wasn't going and trying to protect our players by going to the Sports Minister and trying to get him to help out. But again, that's another gaffe to add to the collection for poor little. <laughs> it's not a little gaffe file, let's put it that way.
0: I, I just, I found it hilarious. And I knew he'd stuffed up bad when I saw Lance Uppercut giving him shit for it on the forum, <laughs> so...
3: Oh, Lance Uppercut is the uh, the moral beacon of the Essendon supporter group.
0: Oh, that's, uh, you know, he, he, he's the man.
3: I don't know what he said, but I stand behind our leader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, Bill Shorten. Oh, uh, Glad someone got that. Have you had a chance to have a look at the notes and affidavits released by the Federal Court today?
3: <laughs> yes, I did see a few of them. Rather interesting stuff. Um, yeah. I mean... Oh, go ahead, book.
0: No, I was just going to say, it was interesting stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a couple in there that was uh, quite peculiar. Uh, particularly, there was one where the AFL... Oh, I think it was dated June 17th, around that region, uh, in regards to AOD, where the AFL advised Saturday, they didn't believe was prohibited. Yet they, uh, when push came to shove, and Joe Watson decided to go on national TV and say... Hey, I took AOD. They were uh, they were very quiet and didn't actually, uh, you know, go out there and support their players. In fact, they did quite the opposite. They just hung him out to dry. I found that part interesting. I found the I didn't find this interesting so much myself, but I know my fellow Western supporters got a bit uh, got their back up when it came to a notepad saying Andrew. Oh, what's her name? Adruska. We'll call her AA. Where AA wrote on a notepad that. Um, The players are guilty until proven guilty, which I think in fairness, from my perspective, that just meant that's how the players felt as opposed to being a mindset within the investigation. But uh, I mean, obviously when you see that written on a notepad from a meeting, that raises a few concerns. And um, outside of that, uh, there was a few little interesting tidbits. Um, There was a story about Four Corners and Neil McKenzie, which would be interesting to get some context. And uh, I found it interesting that we were talking about our um, Essendon sponsorship with, uh, with Kia as well. And uh, some of the players already feeling the stress, feeling sick, and uh, obviously staff members as well. So... There's some interesting insights in there, but the uh, the one key observation I make from that is Andruska has terrible handwriting, and, <laughs> and half half the effort from that was actually trying to decipher what she actually wrote, as opposed to the meaning of what she wrote.
0: Now, the, the other oh, thing oh, the oh. other thing that came out this morning too was uh, Neil Mitchell told uh, Little that eight up to eight players were considering legal action against uh, or had had independent legal advice about suing the club.
3: Yeah, I'm more or less surprised that it's only eight. I would have thought yeah. all, three, all players would have had advice at some point. Fair
0: enough. Basically,
3: I mean, you to play. I mean, if I was a player, I'd be playing for contingencies. Doesn't mean I'd be going out tomorrow morning and filing a uh, putting a writ in for damages. Yeah. But I'd be, you know, I'd be yeah. damn sure that should his shit hit the fan and I'd be hit with an infraction notice for two years. That. You know, I've got my i um, yeah. got my ducks all lined up, ready to go after the club and anyone else responsible.
0: Yeah, you'd be looking at your options, Messenger. You got any thoughts?
1: I oh, I mean, I haven't followed it in any huge. I mean, I've, I've read the the social indicator, which I think's been excellent, and certainly followed Chris Case, who did a tremendous job during the 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 um, the, the hearings. But my my overriding concern was that. Asada were indeed as inept as we thought they might have been and, and I'm interested in justice. I'm not interested in Essendon dodging, ducking through the raindrops on a technicality. If they've indeed injected players as something, they should be punished for it. And my concern is that Asada have been so poor in this process and the AFL too, that they could have irrevocably tainted the investigation Mm. And I don't think um, any many people come out of this in, in a good light, either in, at Asada or, or the AFL or, for that matter, at Essendon. So yep. it's a pox upon all their houses at the moment. All
0: right. Uh, we did cover this extensively in a post-match review type thing. Uh, after the case finished yesterday, uh, that's, avi- uh, that's available... Uh, as the podcast extra for this week, it features uh, Malifus, who is actually a lawyer and uh, prosecutor, who is actually an Essendon supporter,
3: and pretends to be a lawyer with the username. <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah, he's actually well, not I'm... a prosecutor of any description. So I'm just
3: like the rest of the hot topic board, more or less. And that's, uh, that,
0: and that's, and you, that's... you and I are just foamers, aren't we, bookie? That's that's all, I'm just a host.
1: I have actually, I must say, I've watched a lot of Law and Order. And I reckon I could say objection at just the right time.
0: I, I thought the law
3: and order. And was... I've been reading a lot of the Bible.
1: <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> Which I've... bits? The bits with the bits with sex in them. Yeah, he's very uh, familiar with this. mate. And 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 butchua, begat Manakada.
3: Anyway. Uh, praise be to the Lord, our senior coach.
0: Very quickly, guys. What are your uh, what, what are you looking forward to on the weekend? Football.
3: I kid you not, a game of yeah, football no. instead of a court case for three days. There's several good
0: games coming up this weekend. It is it is going to be good to get the footy back on the agenda.
3: It's Thanks. a fantastic year in regards to having even a set, um, you know, key ends at the table. I mean, um, I mean, how often? Sure, I mean, 2009. I'll probably have to stretch my ne- memory back to have uh, a. Was it Essendon and Hawthorne competing in the last rounds? Whereas this week, I mean, we've got three separate We've Got two or three separate games that. Decide key positions in the eight, and there's still two rounds to go after this, with um, just as many games in each round. It's it's really a fascinating finish, and I know I don't know if this is down to equalisation or what it is, but it's fantastic to have this evenness.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Cool, Me- messenger. What are you looking forward to on the weekend?
1: Well, I think if Hawthorne can get up on Sunday, we we've, I think that'll give us a very good grip on top two. Yep, and ultimately, what you want to try and do is avoid having to go to Sydney, yeah, or, or or to Perth in week one of the finals.
0: I don't because it really can... history really
1: says that if you win a qualifying final, you you're as you're very very close to a grand final. Then I mean, you, the odds are you're in the grand final. So unless you guys uh, drop off very important.
0: Unless you guys drop off big time, I don't see yous going to going to Perth any time soon. But, well, this is true, but but you know the,
1: there is still the possibility that we could finish fourth out of all of that and go to Sydney in week one, so that that's a concern.
0: Geelong will be hoping the Swans drop off so they don't have to go to Sydney.
1: Well, I think at the moment the the the, the probability is you're probably talking about a hawthorne Geelong qualifying final, that and I will probably be sitting at Tullamarine while it's on.
0: Uh, I, I would love to see your response during a hawthorne Geelong final. Um, oh, it'll be a good
3: uh, thing! For a live streaming happening for the first time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'll have well, him well, on the phone. Well, let me tell
1: you that the last the last Geelong final took about five years off my life expectancy, <laughs> so I, I can't have too many more of them.
0: You know. So uh, looks like there'll be at least one final in Adelaide, one way or another. You uh, pity the poor bugger
1: that has to go and play them, frankly.
0: Yeah. Yes. That that that'll be a. Uh, Something uh, something to behold. North might get a home final at the rate they're going as well, so...
3: i tell you what, Essendon-North Melbourne looks uh, decent odds of being a final.
0: i tell you, those finals... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, North... Uh, those finals, uh, if you get Hawthorne and Geelong, you're going to get possibly Port Adelaide and Adelaide, and possibly North Melbourne and Essendon. Uh, there's, there's three interesting rivalries there to make... Uh, to say the and, least, and,
3: and they'd have to play.
1: they
0: have to play North and Essendon at the MCG, surely. Yeah, no doubt. Nah, Eddie had no. <laughs> no, they sent it, sent it to Bill Reeve. <laughs> nah, nah, um, of that, yeah, no, nah, they'd go to. If if there's a game in Adelaide, then they'll play all three games at the MCG because one of those, one of the, one of the, oh, the Swans or Fremantle will play in Perth or Sydney. So,
3: just quietly as an Essendon supporter, I'd be very confident of playing North Melbourne at the MCG.
0: Honestly, I'm not sure which one of you would choke the most.
3: Oh, well, I mean, that's the equation, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's... It's... And, oh, and honestly, if, um, uh, if Essendon were to progress into the second round, I mean, if we're going to play North Melbourne, it'd be 67th, you'd say. Uh, and then likely Geelong in the semi-final. When,
0: when was well, the I, last... wouldn't,
3: I wouldn't go into that game feeling...
0: If If Essendon to, won the first pass. final, I'm not sure they'd know what to do with themselves. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that since... I don't know, when the last time they won their first final.
3: Mate, I'll go across the road and I'll drink on Windy Hill for the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> I, I think you might get the encouragement
3: award for making the
1: finals. You did very well, Eston. Go off and get into your pre-season in a few weeks. But
0: I, think I, did, it's I would, really think, I would think a, a
1: favourite. I don't think Eston are running particularly smoothly at the moment. That would be my concern about
0: them.
3: It'd be interesting to see how we go in, in three weeks if we can get Carlisle back and Watson and Hibbert to get some game time in.
0: The, the well, thing Watson, is, we're though. very
3: much Jekyll and we're very much Jekyll and Hyde. Our best can compete with the best, but I mean, you know, you your results like we did against St Kilda, against Melbourne, even last week against Richmond. We played about twenty minutes of good football, and for the rest of it, we were dictated to.
0: The thing is, though, you're going to get. North, the winner of that game is going to play either Hawthorne or Geelong at the MCG or Sydney <laughs> you or dare Fremantle say away. They're, they're not going to go through the second week, <laughs> for sure.
3: To be honest, Geelong don't intimidate me. Hawthorne and Sydney do. Geelong, not so much.
1: Mm, I won't, I won't,
3: uh, I and especially and as, a,
1: <laughs> and as a Hawthorne supporter, I'd be happy playing Essendon. I'd yeah, be I'll, less happy yeah. playing North. There is a Hawthorne...
0: There is a Hawthorne-Geelong game coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which will be... It's actually next week. So it's a fascinating couple of weeks for the Hawthorne uh, perspective, too. Yeah,
3: well, this is it. I mean, they've got
1: two games that they... This is why I say that the Fremantle game's so important, because there's still Geelong, and then there's Collingwood in the final week. So uh, I don't think Collingwood are, are what they were, but, um... Yeah, it's 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 difficult. Now we we can. I don't think we can drop out of the top four, but we can certainly fall to the bottom of the top four. And and again, it, you, it, you you'd do have run to run the lo- risk of having to go to Sydney in week one.
0: You would have to lose every game to drop out of the top four at the moment.
1: Yeah, I don't see that happening. I I, I think some things would have to go against us as well. Because you've got massive but,
0: percentage uh, as well. So yeah. That's the other the thing. lowest yeah. you could finish would be fourth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, you're probably gonna end up. If if you guys finish on the on the bottom, there's a good chance the Swans will finish top. You could either you could end up in Sydney in the first round.
1: Well, this is this is what I said. This is the thing that you 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 try and avoid by winning, um, because I don't think the team that goes up to Sydney and win one is uh, is going through to a prelim straight away. I think they're they're
0: going to have a semi final. See Fremantle, you might lose. Uh, Geelong, you will lose. And uh, I have faith in the history. It's and uh, you'll beat Collingwood in the last round, so. Yeah, that's right. Hey. Oh, I mean, that's that's quite.
1: I think that's a, that's a possibility. You, you, I, I certainly. Think if you we if you, can if, beat if, medal,
0: but if you if you guys lose to Frio on the weekend, I will I will be yeah. hilariously watching the game next week. <laughs>
1: Well, this is the thing. I usually, I it's a, a Hawthorne home game, and I and I sort of feel obliged to go because uh, the people who sit near me know how much I hate Hawthorne Geelong games, and they're like, "So you're gonna man up and come to the game?" And oh, god, they 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 just rip your heart out because you, there's a stage where you're winning and you think you're okay, and then it's just you know.
0: So I don't think repeat the, and it all happens. I don't think the Swans will lose another game for the year. No, no, no.
1: Well, they've got they get the normal, you know, sweet draw at the end and yeah, Geelong. Set Geelong
0: I, have, I have grave fears for Geelong winning tomorrow night. To be uh, Friday, yeah, tomorrow night. To be honest, I think Carlton can beat them. No, I don't. Th- I,
1: I think Geelong will win, and I think they'll probably win quite well.
0: Well, yeah, you think that every week, though. So, uh,
1: I, they're they're very good too. I think Carlton are just a bit flaky. I think when Jared Waits who's the best key forward in the last three weeks I mean God help me I
0: mean, that's sort of no, like no, the Jack Watts best forward that's in the like game the, for the last three weeks that's like the
1: Jack Watts was the best intercept mark between round 9 and 14 <laughs> three years ago <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's 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 that that's sort of like you know he was the best marking forward in the game for, between rounds seventeen and nineteen in twenty fourteen. Oh, that's great because he's thirty two years old. we were hoping he'd reach his potential.
0: Well, he kicked, he he'd kick he seven goals on Stuart Carlisle last year. Which which local league do you think he'll be playing in next year? No, he'll put, he'll be at the boys next year, Jared. Oh God! See, he's now he's just
1: blocking your list. <laughs> you got a cut You got a cut bait with him. <laughs> you do. Know, you got. He's. You know. He's he's flattered to deceive for nope. a whole career.
0: Noting as well before we sign off that uh, Lewis Robert Thompson is retiring, uh, and so is Jared Maloney.
1: So is Robert? Is LRT actually injured? Because it's a strange time to be retiring with a team that's I'm, like. In I'm also sure. Race I saw, I saw,
0: I'm sure I saw something about Ryan O'Keefe being given the ass as well. So.
1: Right, Keith's okay. got that interesting promotion where he's going to shag his missus
0: every night for a month. Yeah, tough work, really, isn't it? And has sex with life. Well, it's, it's,
3: it's an incredible feat considering John Longmire has been um, shagging him for the last six Ooh. months. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: oh, I thought that was going to go somewhere. <laughs> <I thought laughs>
0: and on that up. note, we're going to say good night to everybody. Good night, messenger. Thanks for coming on again.
1: Good night, one
0: and all. And uh, good night, uh, prosecutor. Thanks for coming on late as it was.
3: Mate, it's all about the fashionable entrance, and it was a pleasure.
0: And uh, thanks to Seppo, who has left to go and do the Frio podcast. If you're a Frio supporter, you might want to listen to that. Other people may be less enthused. And uh, cheers to Mike, who is not here tonight. Uh, I, he's also doing the Bulldogs podcast. Uh, so if you're a Bulldogs supporter, you may want to listen to that and just a reminder that uh, Malifus and the artist formerly known as the prosecutor uh, and myself have done a wrap of the last three days of the uh, Asada court case which you can get in the extra
3: godspeed Malifus godspeed
0: <laughs> and, and yeah, be, started, yeah best wishes to Malifus who's doing things tonight that some of us can barely remember
3: He's <laughs>
0: So we think, not <laughs> <gonna> send <share? laughs> This is hard. Uh, We'll see you all on the forums. <laughs> <We can talk. laughs> uh,